He's a gentleman. He's a man about town. Former Browns offensive lineman Jason Pinkston joins us right now. What's up, Pink? What's going on, fellas? What's up, Pink? Just, just, just uh, watching the watching ESPN, seeing some of the free agents, and that might become available here on this wet, nasty day down here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. we, got, we got one of those two, and I, I don't know how you feel about this because we're there's a lot we can get into you, with you about this, but um, because we haven't had a bad, traditionally bad Cleveland winter. I feel like people may have forgotten how to drive in like slurry weather because it was, I mean, it was a little snowy, but it was mostly rain. And I about got killed about three times today. And dude, I drive a big old truck. The, the, I should not be almost dying in a big old truck. No. And we, listen, we have that same problem down here. I drive a 2,500 pickup and it's like, guys, come on. It's, it's, it's a little bit of slush, a little bit of rain. Like, Let's get going. Like this is not four to six inches that you you know that we normally have once or twice a year. So I agree, man. When people do tend to forget how to drive when the weather when we don't have the winters that we are typically accustomed to. Pink, I put out my Nick fixes on social media. I'm not going to bore you with literally every one, but when I went for, I, I basically said to myself, I get to have one big ticket purchase for the Cleveland Browns and free agency. Everybody else had to be like a, a a B level financial commitment or lower. I went I'll I'll tell you after you answer, but of all the needs the Browns have, interior defensive line, edge, linebacker, safety, wide receiver, center, if they only have one big ticket, we're talking 17, 18, 19, 20 million dollars uh per year average for a player, what position should get that uh, that big ticket purchase uh, by Monday. Defensive tackle. Ah, yep, that's where I went. We're best friends again. Defensive tackle and a close second would be a linebacker. If we could get either Javon Hargrave or um, Edmonds from Buffalo, I'll be extremely happy. Can I, I tell think you, that'll be huge upgrades for our defense. Can I tell you the two names I went with? I went with uh, Draymond Jones, Cleveland kid, on the interior. And then I went Jermaine Pratt from Cincinnati. Because that one, uh, he's a big linebacker. He's like 250. And I just, he is. I just yes. love having a big linebacker who's good in coverage. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a full-time playmaker. What I love about the kid from Buffalo, he's sideline to sideline. And the dude's 24 years old. Like he, he's, I mean, he is a young stud, love to have him. He was tremendous in Buffalo's defense in that middle, you know, calling the fronts and, and the coverages. And he, he was a, he was a monster, but you can't go wrong. I, I we, we got to have, we got to make a big splash here, either at D tackle or linebacker. We got to get someone that's going to be there and make plays for us. We need it. I'm curious your thoughts on wide receiver, uh, Jason, in, in terms of you know what what the Browns need, I, I've been a big fan of Donovan Peoples Jones. I really think he came on this last year and, and proved that he can be a legitimate number two, maybe a number one somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, he's getting better and better. Um, do the Browns need to add a wide receiver? Or do you th- do you see the guys they have continuing to step up? You know what? I love Donovan Peoples Jones as well. Big fan of his. Big tall guy, lanky, can stretch the field a little bit. But I, I also still think that we need one more guy just to, you know, to round that room out. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to get like a, a high priced expensive guy, like a, a Hopkins or, a, you know, maybe, maybe even Alan, maybe Thielen comes back and, 
you know, he reunites with Stefanski and gets in his offense. I think he could help us. Um, I'm not sure how much they're willing to pay for uh, a big-name wide receiver with the market that's out there right now, um, you know. But I, I do think we need someone, you know, just another guy to help. You know, um, I, I love Schwartz. He's, he's a young kid, you know, can stretch the field, a lot of speed. But I don't think I've seen him kind of make that jump. I think this is what going into year three for him, three or four. I'm just, you know, we, we need where we where I'm at as a fan. It's like I I want to see them win now. So I think that we got to get some guys that are proven that we know can can play in this league and and make plays. Pink, the big talk this week has been the Ravens hitting Lamar Jackson with a non-exclusive franchise tag on Tuesday. That means other teams can come up. And, and try to uh, to to poach him, offer a sheet or a sign and trade. Uh, now the Ravens would still, in that case, get right around two first round picks back. When you when you see the idea of Lamar Jackson leaving the AFC North, what does that just mean for the division, in your opinion? See you later. If we don't <laughs> if we don't have to see that guy twice a year, I'm a okay with that. Um, he he's a good player. He is you know he's. For what he has had there in that wide receiver room, um, you know, he, he uses his legs a lot. He, 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 he's not like your typical quarterback that can sling it, you know, 80 yards and, and make the big bomb plays. But he, what he can do with his legs and his ability is, is very special. Um, I, I think that there's some kind of worry that he's a little banged up. And, you know, when you're signing a guy for or, or potentially going to sign, sign a guy for the money that he wants, um, I, I think that, that teams now want a more conventional passer like a, a, a Mahomes or a Allen or a Joe Burrow, you know, to say. But, you know, it's going to be tough. But I, I, I would not be sad if he left AFC North. I, I would not be sad. Well, while we ponder Lamar Jackson leaving the AFC North, it, it really does seem like uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is fait accompli. That adds another quarterback to an absolutely loaded AFC. How would uh, adding another franchise Hall of Fame level quarterback impact your thoughts on the Browns' ability to to make the playoffs and make a championship run next year? It's, it's definitely going to create a, another challenge for us. You know, the AFC is so loaded with quarterbacks, um, and, and it's a, it's a special group of quarterbacks. I know Aaron Rodgers is a little older, but that guy can still sling it and still play football. He's a great player. Um, he's a proven winner, has a Super Bowl under his belt. Um, you know, let's just hope the Jets, you know, they kind of squander a little bit. And, you know, he, he, he doesn't do as well as that we think. But, you know, they're, they're a fantastic team. I thought they kind of fell apart at the end last year. You know, they won some big games and they were in it and their defense was playing well. Um, you know, it, it'll it'll be an interesting year to say once this once free agency shakes out in the draft, it should be an interesting year once we get into next season because you know any anything can happen, man. And, and it seems like more and more teams are trying to go for it all. You know, when you're paying the kind of money that you're paying these guys now, and and you know, team these players want more guaranteed contracts. It's a it's a win now, and, and you have to win when you're paying these guys these type of money. And Jay- I, you know, it's going to be very interesting, Jason. It sure seems like. This year, the the reaction to the veteran market is in response to last year's veteran market, where 
We had Russell Wilson going to Denver. We had, obviously, Deshaun coming here. We had Matt Ryan going to Indy. We had all these quarterbacks, and pretty much every one of them failed in one way or another. Um, Deshaun's really the only guy on on the most sure footing of every name that I just mentioned. It seems like Russell Wilson is a you know one-year prove-it in Denver with Sean Payton. So I, I'll ask you. If I gave, if I made you an NFL GM, you needed a quarterback. You had all the assets in the world, all the money, and you could choose between Aaron Rodgers or adding Lamar Jackson this offseason. Who would you choose? I'm choosing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he it's a it's a no brainer for me. I, I I think he's just you know he's a, he's the safer choice. Um, he's proven. He's won Super Bowl. He won some playoff games. He protects himself in the pocket. He, he he does it the right way. I hate some of the the, the off the field stuff that surrounds him and how he interacts with the media a little bit. But he's just a different guy, you know. And everyone's different. Um, I would definitely go with Aaron Rodgers, even if you have one year, two years, maybe three max with him. I would take him um, as a safer pick, just because I, you know I, I love Lamar Jackson, what he can do. But, you know, I, I'm, it's more of a passing league than, than scram or run and make a play. So, I, and I love Aaron Rodgers in that fact. And he, and he has a good set of wheels on him. You know, he scrambles and he, uh, he, makes, he can stretch out some plays and, you know, hit a couple guys downfield. So I would definitely go Rodgers. Jason, we've got a question we've got to ask you. And we're going to bring Keith in, our producer, who had a, uh, a situation happen the other day. Now it's happened a couple of times at the gym. Well, it's an everyday occurrence. Okay, every day. Everyday occurrence now. I've just noticed it lately that we have an individual in the gym that finishes up his workout. He does all of his weight work and then he does his cardio last and he gets on the bike and hops on the bike for no less than 20 minutes, sometimes up to 30 minutes. But the first thing he does before he hops on the exercise bike is he hits the automatic start on his car, leaves his car running the whole time while he is riding the bike smart for 20 to 30 minutes. Thoughts? Unacceptable. That is that is that is so unacceptable, um, and I, I listen. I, I'm lucky, so I, I just uh, I have a garage now in my house, and I park my truck inside every night, and it's absolutely phenomenal. I have a garage heater, so it's like warm when you get in. But I mean, I, I think ten to fifteen minutes should be the max when you start your cars. I think some of these cars now have that automatic shut off when you warm it up. You're only allowed to do it once or twice, and, and within the hour. 30, 20 to 30 minutes, that's a little ridiculous. I, I think you could get your exercise in and start the car, get cleaned up, have your shake, whatever, and be out the door. I mean, I don't think anybody needs to warm their car up that much unless you're it's been sitting outside in a blizzard and, you know, and it's the first thing in the morning and let it run. But, you know, 20 to 30 minutes every day, I mean, that's kind of we're all going to be driving electric cars and he set up. All right, Pink. Well, one, most of us on the show agree with you, so we do like the answer you just had there. Uh, two of us, yeah. Well, most of us. That's what I was going to say. Most of Two of the three of us <laughs> agree with you, and so we appreciate it, buddy. Hey, man, have a great weekend, and we sure appreciate your time, bud. You too, guys. Thank you, man. Have a good weekend. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much. Jason Pinkston. And now, I would say, like, if it was interior defensive line or edge rusher, I'd be happy. I just, I think the number one priority for this team is the defensive line. And I like Alex Wright, and I like Perry and Winfrey, and I like Isaiah Thomas. I, it's great to have young developmental players. They're developmental players, 
right? I'd rather have the problem next year of, wow, Alex Wright's really forcing his way into the lineup. He's playing inside and outside. You have too many good defensive linemen. I'd rather have the problem the Eagles had this year. Oh, no, too many guys who are able to get to the quarterback. I'd rather have that than, oh, we're one guy short again. And, like, in fairness, the Browns' failure last year, Dustin, it, it wasn't just the Jadavian Clowney didn't work out. It's that Winovich didn't work out. And through and his thing was through no fault of his own. It was just injuries. But Yeah, but do you really think that Chase Vinovich was going to be anything? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, to me, I think guys that make or break, we saw it um, the, the year the Browns were good, the importance of the third pass rusher. Like, it's really important nowadays to have two really, really, well, okay, I'm, I'm just going to say edge rushers, two great edge rushers, but if you can have a situational pass rusher that is a third guy off the bench, it might be one of the greatest, especially if you can get that on a rookie contract or especially if you can get that in, you know, some sort of uh, like like a Winovich or like an FAO Bonas kind of bounced around and been that guy. That'd actually be a guy I'd like to see them bring in for depth this year. When you have those guys who can give you just a little extra something off the bench, that's mm-hmm. more valuable to me than a elite level safety. Uh, I'd like to have it all. Yeah, but I, I'm I don't in, know. I'm I mean, in the I'm in the business of, of of having to pick what what elite players you can have right now. Yeah, I, I just want elite players. Yes, you know I feel and like those are good. We like those elite players. are good. Yeah. Those are good. You've been on the record as saying you like elite players. Well, I remember. I do that. I like name porn too? Yeah, you. I mean. All porn, but specifically well, name not porn. all porn. Well, not all porn, but I meant leading with name oh, porn. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking about porn being, you know, football. Yeah, that's yeah. what you were talking about. Like you all, were like, all like football all, porn. Yeah, all yeah. That. yeah, here for it. Um, I, I think for the Browns, so there's different kinds of name porn. There's a player that's a great name that probably can't be as great as he once was. That's Adam Thielen to me. You and I disagreed on that yesterday. Uh, I think the morning show really liked the idea of Adam Thielen as a, a possession receiver. I think you have enough possession receivers. I think DPJ kind of fits that profile right now. I think I think one of the knocks on Amari is that he's better served as a possession receiver and maybe not a true number one receiver. Um, I just look at this safety position, and I so there's the name porn that is a guy that's a great name that can't play to the to the level the name invokes in your mind Mm -hmm. the other kind is it's a great name it's a great player but it really just doesn't make sense for you and I and I kind of feel like the safety market the top of the safety market they're guys I would love to I will not bitch on Monday if Jesse Bates is a Cleveland Brown I will not complain if CJ Gardner Johnson is a Cleveland Brown I also look at both those players and say how can you have a defensive line that just doesn't cut the mustard. Right. And then go out there and spend 12, 15, 17 million dollars on safeties. I mean, we, again, we don't know what, what they think or feel about some of the guys that are in house. We don't know what their plan is for the draft. We also don't know what the defensive philosophy is going to be going forward with Jim Schwartz. Like, what are the players that he feels he needs mm-hmm. to run his defense? Yeah, I mean, we, know, we know he's got to have pass rushers. We know that. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting, kind of what, what you said there, because. Thinking back to Tennessee, way back in the day when Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator, they did always kind of have a couple of big hitting safeties. And again, the NFL has changed so much in oh, yeah. 20 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's probably changed enough that it, maybe I can't draw that one for one. 
I'm just hoping that with this team, like I've heard the name Arden Key thrown around, which is just, it's just such a, I'm a part of a football Twitter name of like a guy who has really been a run-of-the-mill replacement-level NFL player. And people are like, I think that's your starting next defensive end. He's really good against the run. Hey, guys, I'm going to give you a real dirty secret about the NFL. Give me a dirty secret. It is easy as hell to find defensive ends that are good against the run. It is really, really tough to find defensive ends who get to the quarterback. And I, I'm, and I, this, this is a little bit hyperbole here. I've set sail. I've, I've cast out this concern about stopping the run. You can have a historically bad run defense. If you have 80 sacks like the Eagles had last year, you're going to be in the friggin' Super Bowl. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not trying to go to the level of only sacks matter, but we, I mean, we're kind of there in the NFL. You have to score touchdowns. You have to, you have to have a quarterback that can score you touchdowns one way or another, and you have to stop the other quarterback from getting to touchdowns. That's it. That's how you win. In anything in anything beyond that, yeah, it helps. I'm sure a better safeties or I mean, I love Jermaine Pratt. I think he's going to uh, come at a great price. I think he is a, I think he's a guy that's lost a little bit in the mix of a coverage linebacker, 250 pounds who can still thump. I don't need him. That's a, that's a want to have. That's not a need to have. You need a good defensive line, and the Browns are at least two players away from that. Yeah. Uh, it feels like they are two players at least away. Probably another DN, a defensive tackle, and I don't think they're going to get them both from free agency. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get one. Where do you think the other one comes from? Man, this is totally gut feeling. I just feel like they're going to go with a, like a D tackle in free agency, mm-hmm. and then get another pass rusher in the draft. That scares me. I mean, you might be right. By the way, I can't discount. You know, given the price of these guys, I can't discount your idea. Um, it it's just so tough. It's kind of like when everybody's like, "Well, just draft a wide receiver and find your Justin Jefferson." All right, a lot of people go into the draft thinking, "I'm going to go find my Justin Jefferson." And a lot of people find their Jalen Rieger. A lot of guys find I'm going to find my Justin Jefferson, and they find themselves their Kadarius Tony. It it's there are just certain positions. It's really tough to find that guy, right? And I think defensive end. I mean, because to me, wide receiver is one of the most overdrafted positions in the NFL. I think the same thing about edge rushers. It's, it's so important that by the time you get to the second round, it really is boom or bust. And so, long term. Edge rusher in the draft might actually make the most amount of sense. But for this year to say, all right, it's going to be Alex Wright, a second-round pick, and Isaiah Thomas opposite of Miles Garrett, that feels like the big risk to me. Now, there was another another absolute Donnie Brook that's about to get started here. And instead of us versus the morning show, now it feels like us versus each other. Keith, do we have uh, Pink's word on this, or do you just want to go ahead and set us up? Well, I can go ahead and set set it up. Uh, as I mentioned with Jason, we have mm-hmm. an individual at the gym that has enjoyed uh, starting his car and letting it run for 20, 30 minutes before he gets in it. I think this is peak laziness and peak wastefulness. Um, The good Lord has allowed us, the universe has allowed us the ability to have remote start cars, and I think that's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Right? I don't, that, I don't, now, that's, that's not I don't lazy. don't have one, by the way. When you live in Northeast Ohio, that's not lazy. That's a necessity. I don't have one either. I probably should. But 
If you've got a, especially with the gas prices right now, if you've got a car and 30 minutes before you hop off the treadmill, you hit start up and, you know, warm up your car, you are a lazy ass. And quite frankly, you're wasteful. And I think you're a bad person. I just yeah. got to say it. Well, you can go to hell. I might already be there. Well, you're two to our- seven. Every- <laughs> just kidding. Four, seven, four, double oh, ninety two. Uh, so I start, I don't have a remote start mm-hmm. because my cars are a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, older cars, you can do that with older cars too, right? Yeah. I'm, I just don't have the aftermarket remote start mm-hmm. yet. No, I'm Think not, positive. I'm not getting one. Power positivity. Will it? We got a bunch of cars, dude. So I, and I got a two car garage. So my cars park outside mm-hmm. and I wake up in the morning. Like, let's say I'm getting up to play tennis. I tell Keith this all the time. Uh, a lot of times I play tennis at like six. Why, why do I go Gruden there? I don't know. A lot of times I play let me, tennis. Let me tell you, man. I'll tell a you lot what. of times I play tennis. All right, now I'm going. I went full Gruden there. All right, uh, I'm going I'm going so to Bears. Let's say I'm playing tennis at like 6.55. That's uh-huh. when I start. So I, I leave the house like at 6.45. Uh-huh. I will go out and start my car at like 6.15. That's uh, that's wasteful there. Okay, that's fine. Why, why don't you just... I like a warm car. So you're saying 15 well, minutes does, of warm up. How long, yeah. How long does a car take to warm it up? It depends. Well... To be to be fair. To be fair, I got a routine. So you're just OCD about it. It has nothing I mean, to do with look, the car. No. It has more to do with you. No. So I wake up. This is what I do. I wake up. The first thing I do and wake up, I'll throw on some sweats. Uh-huh. Go to the car. Start the car. Uh-huh. Go back in. Do my morning routine. Brush mm-hmm. my teeth. Means go. That go, go number potty. two. Yeah. And depends how long I'm on the toilet, basically, uh-huh. is how long my my car is going to start. Yeah, Fifteen minutes is too much. Oh, I that, that's minimal. There, there's a that's five. Minimal. There's a five-minute to ten-minute. Ten minutes is the most I think you should allow your car to warm up, well, and it's only if it sits outside. If it's inside, it shouldn't warm up. Just get in, start up, and back up and go. And we actually need a mechanic to call in, and it could debunk this for us if, yeah. it, if it needs debunked. I've heard it's actually bad to let your car run idle like that, in the, especially in cold weather. Yeah, not, not just time. That's just bad. It's why uh, the, uh, the, the rate of people having to buy new cars where in like big, uh, big cities – is so prevalent because you sit so much, you idle so much in traffic. There's actually a stat behind that that if I were a less lazy man, I would find out, but I am, in fact, a lazy man. 216-474-0092 is for all the mechanics out there. I actually probably could have just texted my brother, who is a mechanic. He's a master mechanic. Well, that wouldn't have been better for the show, though, Nick. We need somebody to That's true. in for it. It's true. Although, David, if you're listening, 216-474-0092. Double O nine two. You think my brother would lie about what's good for a car? Because I, I, of you, I, yeah, I do. My family's full of people like me who simply want to make other people in our family look bad. So he would he would lie if he were going to lie. He'd lie just to make me look like the a hole, not to help me. Let's get him on the line. <laughs> now all of a sudden, now we got to get him in here. Um, no, I think I think anything more than five minutes is wasteful. I think it's wasteful and a little lazy. I have a morning routine as well. Wake up, wake my daughters up, take Mongo outside, come back in, brew I the think coffee. It's so funny when you talk about your dog named Mongo. Why? I don't know. That name just makes me laugh. It, that's that's why we every time. You know, I'm from Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan in Baltimore, their midday show. I'd say they're Baskin and Phelps, but I don't know if that's entirely true. Bob Haney now joins us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Bob, welcome to the show. 
I appreciate the time there, gentlemen. Just sitting here watching Ohio State give Michigan State the blues there in the first half of the Big Ten tournament you were just talking about. We've got it on. We're rooting for the Buckeyes. Yeah, a little weird really, that this really has happened. year for them, but they're having a little run here. A little weird they're doing this without Sensible. It's like yeah. everybody wanted Holtman fired, and all of a sudden the, uh, the Buckeye sa- he machine. He could save his job here. I, he's saving his job one step at a time here. Bob, what's the yeah. panic like in Baltimore right now? <laughs> Uh, panic on a scale of one to ten is a strong seven and a half, I would think, because as Vinny and I have been talking about over the last few days, when was it Tuesday, that the tag was designated, that Eric DaCosta had obviously did his due diligence trying to gauge the market. So I believe the feeling is that uh, a team will try to negotiate the contract for the Ravens. So people are panicking at a pretty strong level i think it's more if you want to talk about a disrespect level from the fan base it's about a 10 because uh, a lot of our fans ravens fans that is think that this is a deal that should have been done two years ago josh allen's name's been mentioned a lot because he got extended after his third year the ravens and lamar have been negotiating literally for two years it seems as though there's still a big divide We've heard anywhere from $100 million uh, difference between the two sides. So Eric DaCosta is like, well, you know, 32.4, I'm putting things at risk because if somebody gives Lamar what he wants and we're not going to be able to match it, then we get two first-round draft picks. And the question that's being asked around here, and I guess throughout football, is if that is in fact the case, two first-round draft picks is that fair compensation for Lamar Jackson. So panic is pretty high. It's more of our fan base feeling as though he's being disrespected more than anything else. It's interesting. If they decide to move off of Lamar Jackson, what's I mean, what what's the hope there? I mean, is that too Well, then good the panic to- goes to 10. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I know Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl, which is all very touching, but you know, here's a guy that has lost more than he's won when he's played for Lamar, which quite frankly has been a lot the last two years. In December, as Lamar got hurt in Cleveland, uh, Owusu Karamoa got him, and then Denver got him this year. So Huntley's played. At times, he's played well. Other times, the offense has been very tepid. I mean, up until the playoff game against Cincinnati, they hadn't scored more than two touchdowns in a game in weeks. So Tyler Huntley, undrafted free agent, God bless him, and he's a restricted free agent, by the way. But if Lamar leaves and no in-house replacement there, and then you're looking at the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world and you know maybe Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota of names of the past, I think then the panic level becomes pretty strong because I would think, I don't know what you guys think, but if Lamar leaves and the Ravens don't replace him adequately, they're probably preseason probably going to be picked to finish last in the division, and I don't think that would be unfair. Bob Haney of 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Can I use the word rebuild if Lamar leaves? Well, defense is still strong enough to compete, and the running game is still strong enough to compete. J.K. Dobbins is going to be another year removed from the knee injury, and he had a scope midseason this past year and played really well down the stretch. Ravens today just uh, redid Gus Edwards' contract to free up some money. He, too, will be another year removed from a major knee injury. Offensive line is strong. Uh, Receiving group, eh, not so much outside of Andrews. Bateman's been hurt two years running. 
talk around these parts is the Ravens are going to have to sign a free agent receiver and probably draft one because things are lacking there. I don't know if they go full-on rebuild, but a, a step back and then reevaluating the quarterback situation. Bob, what names have been bandied around at the quarterback position if Lamar leaves? Is this more of a vet situation, more of a draft situation? Uh, well, they have the 22nd pick in the draft. They only have five picks in total because they didn't get anything in the compensation period from uh, last year. So I don't know if you're going 22 to draft Lamar's replacement, even though Lamar himself was the last pick in the first round. They would probably be pursuing some sort of free agent guy. But, you know, what's, what are the pickings right now? I mean, Derek Carr's name was mentioned, and it's funny how Derek Carr goes from persona non grata in Vegas to the second coming again, Stabler, on the open market, now winds up with the um, the Saints. Uh, Carson Wentz, no. Andy Dalton, no. And, you know, Jimmy G, in theory, wouldn't be bad, but, you know, he's going to wind up missing time. So, you know, the quarterback issue for the Ravens could be pretty severe. And, you know, with Tyler Huntley, you could say, well, you know, he's been in the system for a couple seasons, but that's nah, a new system. Todd Munkin's in. Greg Roman's Gonzo, who, by the way, was public enemy number one because he got most of the blame for the inability of the Ravens' uh, pass offense to succeed. Yeah, they'd be kind of host, I would think. Bob Haney, for the short term. Sorry about that, buddy. Bob Haney, no, you're good. I'm I'm known as the interrupter on the station. Bob Haney on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So, right now today, and I know we're just a couple days open from legal tampering opening up here. So maybe it, I I I'm just going to say this with a caveat that you absolutely reserve the right to change your opinion at any point with new information. Right now, do, does your gut feeling lean closer to Lamar staying or Lamar going? I, I'm going to say stays, and I think him and the Ravens will meet to reach a happy medium with the caveat that if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go to New York for whatever reason, that the Jets will then come strong for Lamar. That's what I think will happen because Woody Johnson, I, I guess, has made it clear that he's getting a quarterback one way or another. And if Aaron Rodgers does not wind up there, then I think they come looking at Baltimore, and that could change things. The the whole hang-up here with the Ravens, he wants a fully guaranteed deal, or at least guaranteed money that rivals Deshaun Watson's. And unless he gets it, which the Ravens are reluctant to offer, obviously, you know they could be at, a, at an issue. But if... Team A or Atlanta, who I know everybody said they're not interested, just throw them in as an example. You know, they negotiate the Ravens deal for them. The Ravens have the hammer to, you know, match any deal. I, I still think the Ravens and Lamar will get something done without a third party being involved. Could be wrong, and I've been wrong before, but that's what I believe will happen. In terms of Lamar, what's he like as a person? Like, if he goes to another team, is he a guy that can go to another team like New York or somewhere else and and really kind of be the catalyst for a team to go to the, the postseason and, and win? He is, and I don't know him personally, full disclosure, but he is he's extremely well-liked within the locker room. And even the defensive players play harder for Lamar Jackson. So I think he's a guy that will garner respect. Now, how he would deal with, like, the New York media – 
that's a different story altogether because it was a, it was an amiable guy. He started to show a little frustration this year with the Baltimore media, not necessarily over his contract, but with the play and the ability of the offense to succeed on a consistent basis. But I think he would be able to handle it. One of the it, we had Tony Agnone on the show today, Vinny and myself, Vinny and Haney, and player agent, and he said that you know Lamar's represented by his mom, basically, and. You know, it's kind of kind of tough to get into that sort of inner circle with him personally, but teammate-wise, he's been. I don't recall anyone speaking out against him in regards to not working hard and you know giving effort and being there when they need him to be. Bob, when it comes to maybe some frustration in Baltimore, you talked about fans panicking. Uh, it, it's it does seem like Baltimore has hit uh, a ceiling. Uh, at least for the interim here, with how deep they can go into the playoffs. Is there pressure on Harbaugh and DaCosta, whether Lamar comes back or not? Like, are, do, do, Does this team have to take a significant jump in the future, or are these guys facing that kind of pressure? I don't think John Harbaugh or Eric DaCosta, their jobs could be in jeopardy. But with Eric DaCosta, I mean, he, he took over for Ozzie Newsom in 2019, and – this is a big off season for him. You've been given the task of negotiating a long-term deal with one of the last players that Ozzy drafted in Lamar. You've been unable to get it done. You drafted Marquise Brown in the first round. He wanted out before the end of his rookie deal. They trade him to Arizona, which turned out to be Tyler Linderbaum, which is an outstanding pick. Then you draft two drafts later, Rashad Bateman, in the first round out of Minnesota, he can't stay healthy. So one of the big problems the Ravens have is they stink at receiver. And Eric DaCosta, in two of his first four drafts, took a wide receiver in the first round. So he's under scrutiny there as well. Uh, you've got some aging guys on defense. You're going to have to restructure some deals. I mean, the cap situation is not ideal right now, counting Lamar the $32.4 million tag as we sit, what time is it? Uh, almost 4 o'clock on Friday. They're still over the cap, which means they're not even compliant with league rules by coming up by coming up this Wednesday. And they're working on some stuff. But it's a big offseason for Eric DaCosta because if you let you lose, air quotes, the franchise quarterback and you don't have a ready replacement for him when you've made the playoffs for the last five years – you're not looking for windows closing. You're looking to, to kick them open even more than they already are. I think DaCosta, he's under the microscope big time. Not to the fact where he's on the hot seat, but the fans are starting to turn on him a little bit. Let's just put it that way. Follow this man on the Twitter machine, at Bob Haney. He is co-host of Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Bob, you've been so gracious with your time. We appreciate you. Enjoy the panic. It makes for great radio. Uh, yeah. Now you know how we feel, Bob. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right, thanks. Hey, by the way, it's Cleveland signing uh, Watson of that contract that started all this nonsense in the first place. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Bob Thanks. Haney there. We kind of have had a couple of Friday news dumps. Leonard mm -hmm. Floyd got cut in uh, L.A. Uh, Chase Edmonds and Ronald Darby just got cut in Denver. I would imagine if the Browns are going to cut any players as part of their attempts to get uh, into a good cap spot, I would imagine we're going to hear that. I, I don't really think they got a lot of guys that, that fit that profile. Yeah. No. But – 
the Bob Haney stuff was interesting. I think this might be the most panicked, the, the position of most panicked Baltimore's been in since the Joe Flacco contract came to bite them back in the butt. It's so funny because we just always talk about how Baltimore's a pillar of excellence in this division in between the Super Bowl and Lamar Jackson's MVP year. There were a couple of dark years there, even when they were actually right around 500 or above. There were like, there was a lot of soul searching in Baltimore. Yeah. And it's so weird. I mean, I don't you think that, don't you think the Joe Flacco contract biting him in the butt is kind of behind their reticence to go all in on Lamar? Oh, I think so. I, I don't think that's, whole, I mean, people, they're over that, right? No. No, because NFL, we give, you know, we give organizations a lot of credit for being smart and forward thinking. In the end, though, <laughs> people are dumb and 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 this is true. Individual people are dumb and groupthink is real in the NFL. And especially like that building specifically has remained as unchained as any building in the NFL. Like the groupthink in in Cleveland right now, well, you've been through four front offices in like seven years. The, the group think is just a little different. All the guys in that front office have worked in that front office for 20 years. So while that's a good thing, while organizational stability is a good thing, the downside is, yeah, I think they still remember overpaying Joe. And here's the thing. I think they're making a mistake on Lamar. I, I How think, so? Well, I, I think I, I've heard this said by head coaches before. And uh, Ron Rivera is famous for getting, and I just know this because he, he, I've heard the story like seventy-five times. He always gets, he would always get frustrated when, when scouts would come in and be like, "Well, this guy doesn't do this, and this guy doesn't do this, and this guy doesn't do this." And he used to just snap on like the fourth one because he's like, "Well, why don't you tell me what the guy does, and we'll start from there." And I kind of think that's where like Lamar is. Like, yes, he has not stayed healthy the last two years. Yes, he is he is a dual-threat quarterback instead of a pass-first quarterback. So stylistically, it looks differently than it does with Mahomes in Kansas City. But I think if that's what you're focusing on to pay him, mm-hmm. you've missed the friggin' point. The quarterback position in winning in the NFL is about upside. Do you have elite upside? Can you play to an elite level? Lamar... Even if the numbers don't bear it the last two years, there are still elite stretches of football, even in the last two years with Lamar. That's what this is about. And so if teams like Atlanta or Carolina or Washington or all those teams that came out and said, up, we're not signing Lamar, then you're stupid. When you have a chance to get a quarterback that can play at an elite level, you do it. It's just that simple. It's it's like, uh, you know... to our Nick fixes. They're my Nick fixes. Uh, at Nick Wilson says, people are like, well, but that guy doesn't stop the run. But that guy doesn't stop the run. I don't care. You should not care about stopping the run because running the ball is not what wins games in 2023. Then why are we paying Nick Chubb? That's not the conversation. I'm not doing that right I now. Mean, you just said something. I well, had to bring it up. But, but running the ball in and of itself is not going to win you games. What wins you, Nick Chubb. and nor stopping the run is going to single-handedly win games. What's going to single-handedly win games is a quarterback that can put the ball in the end zone one way or another, or uh, you know, defensive ends, defensive tackles, or any player that can help you get to the quarterback 
more times. That's it's that simple of what matters most in the NFL. So why don't we just invest in that? Well, that's what I'm saying about the Nick fixes. That's where all those come in. No, I know, but, but I'm saying if not to just bury a dead horse here, but like I've been saying for like the last couple of days and maybe even the last week about the Nick Chubb. Wouldn't thing. you want to bury a dead horse? Okay. Uh beat a dead horse. Ah, okay. Yeah. You definitely don't want to beat a dead horse, but you should probably bury a dead horse. Well, it's not my job. I'd hire some for that. Well, when you move to Montana, when Dusty when, Fox when comes out. When I'm living in Montana, yeah. Oh, that's the horse barrier, Dustin Fox. I'm Why done. not? I'm done. No, no. I wear my cowboy hat. Come on, let's bury the dead horse together. Bury the dead horses. But how are you going to bury the dead horse if you don't? All right, this was not about Nick Chubb. So we'll bury the dead horse. Um, but I guess my point is, Every team that right now is like, well, we're just going to go cheap on the quarterback because Lamar's not worth it. Mm-hmm. All right, when you're five and twelve and your head coach gets fired and Lamar's playing at an MVP level, because here's the thing: why don't we talk about the idea that Lamar hasn't played at his his highest potential yet? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I'll I'll bury the dead horse. Let's bury it. I just think the reality is: look at what Baltimore's given him. Baltimore had. <laughs> Five years of a rookie contract. Hmm. And they threw rookie wide receiver after rookie wide receiver. They've hit on one good offensive player outside of Lamar since Lamar came in. And it's Mark Andrews. Every but and I actually think Mark was already there. I think Mark was drafted in 2017, but I could be wrong. But every other player has been a bust. And I think some of that is it can be really tough to find the right wide receivers to go with uh, a quarterback that's a dual threat quarterback. But like, you know, uh, Albert has talked about um, Lamar to Miami. Now that has to happen on a sign and trade because Lamar couldn't go on a straight up offer sheet because Miami doesn't have their 2023 uh, first rounder. So how this works is instead of negotiating with Lamar, you have to negotiate a trade with Baltimore first and then negotiate a contract with Lamar. That's how that would have to work. So it's right. convoluted. I, I just have, wanted to add that detail. But if you put Lamar in an offense with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, are we not expecting that he's going to be a vastly better player? Like I'm talking about as a passer, for and a lot of people have a lot of things to say about him as a passer. Right. His best wide receivers have been Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman. And I actually think they're both NFL receivers, but they're not number ones, and maybe they're borderline number twos. So I think that's the folly of what Baltimore's doing here. And I don't think they'll rebuild if they lose Lamar, but I think it's going to be a retool. I think there will be a small window. It'll it'll be like they, when they, they could have themselves like a seven and ten year, I could see. Yeah. They won't lose every game. Yeah. And listen, it depends on the picks they would get for Lamar. And a lot of the teams we mentioned, if one of those teams gave up the ninth or tenth pick. All of a sudden, Baltimore's in the running for a rookie quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, you're reloading instead. You know, you're. But if you go Jimmy Garoppolo, or if you go Ryan Tannehill, and I'd actually go Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill is the better distressed property. I mean, Jimmy G just just played for Kyle Shanahan in a perfect system in a, with the perfect team around him. Unless you have the perfect team to play around, I don't know Jimmy G is going to be as good in a new scenario. But like Tannehill, all right. If you have Tannehill, then all of a sudden you're probably going to be at least a 500 team. Mm-hmm. But I think Baltimore just be the smart thing. 
do the smart thing, get get two first rounders for Lamar. Because I also think here's the other part of this: there, is, NFL teams like to act like there isn't a line in the sand where the disrespect has gone too far. The disrespect with Lamar has gone too far. The contract, and it's not just about the contract. So, so like, what do you think about Lamar? Do you think Lamar is is worthy of multiple first round picks and a two hundred, three hundred million dollar contract? I would, I would offer Lamar the Kyler Murray deal. Lamar has proven a hell of a lot more in the NFL What's than the Kyler. Murray deal again. I just, think it's two hundred thirty million dollars and one hundred eighty nine guaranteed. Ooh. That's, I mean, what? well, so, but has here's Baltimore the point: offered something similar to that. So at one point, Baltimore offered somewhere in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. But the thought is that the offers have changed for Baltimore because of this last year, because of the injuries this year. The Baltimore saw a window to to try and pull down the price tag. Right. But, yeah. Like, here's the thing. If if Lamar stays healthy this next year, and you're he's on a new team, and you go to the playoffs, and he's played somewhere in between who he was last year and an MVP candidate, the deal the deal's already a, a win. It is. And I'll be curious to see how much of Lamar is now about getting a fully guaranteed contract and how much is um getting out of Baltimore. And I really hope it's about getting out of Baltimore. Although Bob Haney did say he at this point he still leans more towards Lamar coming back. And he he had some nice things to say about Lamar as a person and as a teammate and all these things. Because I always wonder, like, if he goes somewhere else, is he going to fit in? Like, Mm -hmm. will he be the same player that he once was in Baltimore, or will he have, like, a fall-off? And will his career kind of go down the tube? Do you know the other one that I love? What's that? So people have talked about maybe San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, Because now they're like Miami. They would have to negotiate with Baltimore first. You put Lamar Jackson in San Francisco's offense, just give him the title already. Lamar Jackson with Kyle Shanahan. One, I'd love it because it gets him out of the uh, out of division and uh, out of the conference. Yeah, out of the conference. But you put him there, uh, all of a sudden San Francisco, who's had the best team around a quarterback for f- three or four years running, and now you give him one of the five most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, that's football porn. 